Welcome into the final 2021 Boston Mayoral Candidate episode of 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. I'm Kwani Lunas. In this episode, you'll hear from acting mayor Kim Janey about why she loves the city of Boston so much, what inspired her to actually run for mayor here, and finally, she ends off sharing some of her favorite musicians. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome into 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. I'm Kwani Lunas, and I'm joined today by current mayor, Kim Janey. Welcome, and thank you for spending some time with us today. Hi, Kwani. How are you? I'm doing well. It's such a great day. <laughs> it is a great day. It's a wonderful day. And your day. name, yeah, it is a hot day. We That's why I'm inside trying to stay cool with the air conditioning, <laughs> because it is scorching at the moment. But for those who aren't aware of your backstory, I do want to backtrack a little bit. You are Roxbury born and raised. What prompted you to officially decide to run for mayor? Well, I think it's my deep love for my my city and that this is a real moment in our city's history uh, to take our city to a whole new level. Given everything that we've been through in the last 18 months, everything that we have been going through over a, a long period of time, uh, certainly in our city as it relates to uh, systemic inequities that were all exposed during uh, COVID-19. You know, this was our chance to make sure that we were seizing the moment uh, and creating a stronger Boston for all Boston residents and a Boston that was, uh, that is, and will be more equitable, just, and resilient. And part of a milestone that you were literally able to be a part of was the fact that you are not only the first black person, the first black woman to be a mayor here, black person and a woman to be mayor in the city of Boston. What significance do you think it was for the residents of the city to see you sworn in? You know, I, I think for many residents, as I, you know, connect with people every single day, all across Boston, all ages, all races, you know, I think for many of us, we didn't think we'd see a day, you know, particularly for those of us who grew up here and and remember uh, what it was like not to be able to go to certain neighborhoods uh, and to see all of the many ways that our city has come forward. Um, you know, I never thought I would see a black mayor, even though we had already had, you know, a black president. Um, I, I just didn't think I, I would see it. We had come, you know, close. Uh, you know, a couple of times now. And the the fact that it has happened, I think, is a great testament um, to where we are as a city. But obviously, we have so much more work to do. And so, you know, I love uh, being able to serve and lead the city of Boston. Uh, the fact that I, uh, you know, me serving as mayor is historic, as the first woman mayor and the first black mayor, I think is pretty major. Um, and is well received by the residents of Boston. But more than that, you know, it's the work that we're doing every single day on be behalf of the residents of Boston. So, you know, representation is important. Representation matters. Uh, it certainly, I think, has opened up a, a pathway for uh, many young people, children who, who see themselves reflected uh, in me. But, you know, what is really important is the work that we're doing every single day to ensure that we're closing gaps uh, and bringing our city forward uh, in a real meaningful way. 
How has your time in office been so far? You know, it's been incredible. Um, you know, I'm born and raised in this city. I love Boston uh, with all my heart. It is why I fight so hard for my city. Um, and I love being able to be in a position where I can help people uh, and tackle uh, really tough challenges that have been with us. Uh, for example, just this morning, you know, I announced uh, a, a free bus for the number 28 bus. The number 28 bus will be free for three months, uh, beginning uh, later this summer, at the end of August, running till the end of November as a pilot program. I've been a long time advocate uh, for public transit and for uh, fare free buses. And we're doing this on the 28th. Uh, because it is one of the bus lines that uh, has the most ridership. Uh, we know that the people who use this bus are often, you know, in low-income communities of Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, that this is their primary source or mode of transportation. Uh, and this is a major economic corridor with three main street districts, Mattapan Square, Grove Hall, and Nubian Square. So I, I see it as an economic justice issue. I see it as a racial justice issue. And I see it as a climate justice issue. And so I'm really thrilled to be able to do that type of work, for example. How hard was it to implement that new program? You know, it was an investment um, from the city of Boston. I invested a half million dollars uh, working in partnership with the MBTA. Uh, to make this happen. Uh, and we're, it's a pilot, so we're trying to learn from this. We're trying to learn how will behavior change uh, if the bus is free? Will the buses ride more smoothly? Will they be uh, quicker in terms of reliability and staying on schedule? Uh, will we see an increase of, of riders and fewer cars on the road? And so we're doing uh, a survey uh, you know, prior to, uh, and then, and we also want to know rider satisfaction. And we, we know that um, all door boarding uh, makes the ride smoother when people are not digging in their bags for change and trying to fit dollars into a machine that are too wrinkled and won't go into the machine. Um, you know, and I know this stuff firsthand as someone who doesn't own a car, who has relied on public transit for most of my life. Um, and even now, still as mayor, um, I get on the T. I took the bus today. I was on the bus a couple of times last week. I've been on the trains. Um, you know, it is important to me that I uh, continue to ride the T and understand the experiences that so many Boston residents and, and visitors to our city face every single day uh, by taking public transit. For you personally, has riding the T and using public transportation, has that always been a conscious decision or was there another reason why? It's, um, you know, Boston is a very walkable city. Uh, and uh, I know a lot of people complain about the tea, but it is uh, a, a tea-friendly city in terms of uh, access to different bus routes. Now, there are inequities uh, embedded in our city because uh, there are too many folks, particularly in poor BIPOC communities that don't live next to rapid transit and can't easily get to a train. And so we see that, uh, for example, Black riders uh, spend 64 more hours uh, on their their commutes than than their their counterparts, and so. Um, but for me, it's a conscious decision. Uh, you can pretty much get anywhere. I live not too far from Dudley Station, and you can get anywhere. You can get anywhere in the city. You can certainly get to 
the orange line and the green line pretty easily by going to Ruggles and either taking the orange line or going down the stairs and getting on the green line. You can get to Brookline and other parts of the city. You can get all over the place. You can get to the airport. Um, you know, so it's a it's a tea friendly city. And I find uh, public transit to be a very interesting. Like I I enjoy riding public transit. It's never a dull moment. Uh, even when I visit like other cities, like I want to experience someone else's public transit system. So if I'm in San Francisco, yep, if I'm in San Francisco, I'm getting on the BART. If I'm in, you know, you know, DC, I'm getting on the Metro. I, I just, I want to see what it is like. Um, and it, there's, it's never a dull moment. Like I have, I've, <laughs> one time I was on uh, a bus this was years ago. This wasn't as mayor. I was on a bus uh, in Ruggles uh, and the side that goes to the train station. Oh, yeah. There was a pigeon inside the bus. I mean, I've seen it all. There's nothing okay. I haven't seen. <laughs> now, I can do without the pigeons on the bus. Yes. For sure. Um, but there's never, no, there, I, there's never a dull moment. It's, it's, uh, it's I don't know. I enjoy it. And during the height of the pandemic, I would say a lot of reports highlighted the fact that a lot of these communities of color not only stimulated the economy, but they did have to use these forms of public transportation. You talk about it is still a pilot program at the time, but how do you plan on making it sustainable if the surveys check out that it is something that's worth it for the city? You know, we will have to uh, make sure that we are identifying uh, a revenue stream in which we can continue to invest. And, you know, I would hope uh, that we would uh, have some more support uh, from our partners uh, at the state who, who think this is a good idea. And I'd love to see this expand beyond one bus route uh, and certainly uh, longer than three months. Um, but this is, I think, a very important step uh, in the right direction to getting us toward that goal. Um, there are a number of advocacy groups that have been doing incredible work, uh, pushing for fare-free buses, um, and and particularly even if we can't do it across the entire MBTA system, I think important to identify uh, a few of the routes um, that need to have fare-free uh, boarding because they are either very congested, are in very dense areas uh, that will help with traffic flow. Uh, maybe they're in poor BIPOC communities where we need to offer that economic relief. So I hope that this is a conversation starter and a way to kind of move us in that direction. We mentioned you being from Roxbury. What is your earliest memory of wanting to be in politics, if you even had one? <laughs> you know, it wasn't something that I uh, sought out as, as a little girl. I didn't see myself reflected uh, in, in the leadership that was around uh, in my childhood. As I was growing up in the city of Boston, there weren't a lot of people who looked like me in, in politics. Um, you know, so it's not something that I really, you know, knew from a very early age that I wanted to uh, be mayor or run for office. I think, you know, I got into community organizing work and, and, and child advocacy work uh, in many ways uh, from being a young single mom. You know, I had my daughter very young and right away, you know, knew I wanted to give her every opportunity to succeed and make sure that I was creating a great life for her. 
Um, you know, I had to delay going to college right away. I had to go to work straight out of high school so I could take care of my daughter. And, you know, at that time, uh, you know, started organizing just around uh, school stuff. So, you know, you're on a college campus uh, in many ways, and there's a lot of activism there. Um, I then, uh, you know, got formally trained in community organizing, and I certainly want to shout out and, and uh, acknowledge uh, who is now an ancestor, Bob Moses, who I, you know, benefited from, uh, you know, his 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 leadership, and he was just such a an icon uh, in the civil rights movement of the 1960s, and stayed very active uh, throughout his life. But you know, during uh, his days, uh, you know, in Mississippi and Freedom Summer and SNCC, you know, in the 1990s when I was uh, formally trained as a community organizer. Uh, was able to to benefit from him. And I think this advocacy work, becoming an organizer around early childhood education, and then later on uh, through uh, pre-K through 12 education in Boston, and that advocacy uh, led me to run for Boston City Council uh, simply because I saw the many ways uh, that my community was being left out of the prosperity in Boston and, and being pushed out of the community in terms of not being able to afford to stay. So in 2017, I ran for Boston City Council. I became the first woman to represent District 7, uh, and then later uh, went on to become the council president elected by my peers on the city council. And then when President Biden tapped, um, you know, then Mayor Walsh, who is now Secretary Walsh, to become the U.S. Secretary of Labor, I became uh, the 55th Mayor of Boston, and so it uh, has only been four months. Uh, yeah. But it, it seems like uh, I mean there has been so much. I mean our city, you know, was really grappling with all kinds of complex challenges, uh, everything from a global pandemic and and having to lead, you know, our city uh, and continue to lead our city through that challenge. Uh, getting folks vaccinated, making sure that, you know, last spring we could welcome school children back into school buildings. Uh, we are doing and preparing that work for this fall. I mean, just so many things happening. Uh, and so while it's only been four months, uh, you know, we've gotten a lot done uh, and there's still a lot more work to do. Yeah, we are still in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. How have you balanced being an acting mayor in this city, but also campaigning. We actually did this interview off hours for those who are watching because you still have to fulfill your duties to the city. How do you balance those two? Well, you know, it certainly takes uh, a lot of time and a deep, deep commitment. And, you know, I, I love my city and I have worked hard for my city throughout my entire life and career and continue to do so um, you know, as mayor of Boston, uh, the the hours are certainly long. Uh, the the weeks are long. I've you know had two days off in four months, so it is it's a lot. But you know, our city needs uh, leadership uh, that will help get us through these challenges and make sure that we are doing the work necessary um, with uh, you know a fierce sense of urgency around. Uh, closing the many gaps and systemic inequities that were here long before COVID-19. And so I just put my heart and soul into everything that I do. 
um, and and just continue to do the work because that's what needs to be done. Uh, and Black women have always just done what needs to be done in terms of getting the work done. So it has been my honor and my pleasure to serve uh, the city of Boston. In addition to being raised here, you were also educated in the city and talk a lot about being bused to and from your home city to Charlestown to get educated. How was that program like for you? And how do you feel about Metco's existence at this moment? Yep. And so uh, Charlestown was not part of Metco. Charlestown oh, is a different busing. Yeah. neighborhood uh, here in Boston. And so, but to your point, I have experienced a number of uh, educational experiences. Yeah. First uh, was a community school that was founded in the late 60s, 70s uh, by black leaders and, and parents in Boston and supported by the Jewish community. Um, and there were a number of community schools like this that had uh, been started because the Boston Public Schools was not serving uh, black children well. Um, and so that was for kindergarten and first grade. Then I went into uh, Boston Public Schools uh, for second grade. I you know, went to my local school right there in my neighborhood of Roxbury. Um, and then by 11 years old, when I was entering middle school is when I was bused to Charlestown, which is a different neighborhood within the city of Boston. And that was uh, during uh, the court ordered busing uh, that took place in the mid-1970s. Uh, and so I faced everything from rocks and racial slurs and uh, needed police escorts to get to and from school safely. And it was a very difficult, challenging, traumatic time uh, for me as a little girl and certainly for you know residents um, who also experienced that. Um, but I always had, I come from a family of educators um, and so my parents were always uh, just, you know, fighting for the best opportunity that they could find for me. And they found that in Metco. So by eighth grade, I uh, did a voluntary busing program versus court ordered. And I uh, went to school in Reading, which is a suburb of Boston. And how did you enjoy the Metco experience? No, it was... It was different. I mean, a voluntary versus involuntary is certainly a big difference, but it, it's not as if there weren't, you know, challenges. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, racism suddenly disappears because uh, you are bust a few miles further away. Um, and so there, I mean, the fact that it was voluntary, I think is very important. Um, and, you know, that people at least welcomed the idea of having uh, school children, um, you know, from Boston uh, in their schools and, and school children who are largely, you know, black students um, uh, coming to school. Uh, it certainly was a better uh, opportunity in terms of my educational experience. Just looking at the facilities alone, like, you know, by the time I entered high school, you know, there were several buildings for my high school. It was like a, a campus. Um, unlike, you know, um, you know, some of our high schools here uh, in Boston. And so um, I certainly got, I think, um, a better education than I may have gotten uh, had I stayed uh, in Boston public schools. But I think all of those experiences really fueled my desire, along with being a young single mom and, and, and wanting the best for my own child, to get into 
um, you know, child advocacy and, and promoting equity and excellence in our schools and wanting every single child or every single student uh, in BPS to have a great educational experience and have that opportunity right in their own city. You mentioned being a mother, but also a grandmother. How does that lens, how important is that lens to the Boston mayoral seat? You know, I I think, uh, you know, I, I love uh, my daughter. I certainly love uh, my, my grandchildren. Um, you know, they certainly, the experiences that I've had throughout my life and throughout my career uh, certainly uh, lend themselves to the work that I do as mayor of Boston. You know, my life experience, my lived experience as a Black woman growing up here in the city is uh, very different than than all of my predecessors who have come before me, uh, and in many ways different than than others who who seek this office. And I bring that lens of equity, justice, and love to this work, uh, having uh, experienced many of the challenges that residents in Boston are facing every single day, uh, whether that is food insecurity, whether that is uh, housing insecurity, and knowing what it is like to raise you know, a child by yourself, being a young single mom uh, with uh, an apartment that I was able to get with a Section 8 voucher and uh, needing WIC uh, coupons for my, my daughter to, to make sure, you know, I could get the formula that I needed or the other uh, grocery store items that I needed for my daughter. Um, you know, all of those experiences, I think, um, you know, help me understand many of the challenges that so many residents in Boston face uh, still to this day. And so I bring that lived experience to this work uh, with a deep, deep commitment to, to dealing with many of the inequities and trying to close the, the many gaps uh, that we have uh, here in Boston, whether that be uh, the wealth gap or our opportunity gaps uh, in our schools, uh, doing the work that we need to do around uh, you know, public transit, around our economy and jobs. And certainly we know the, the many gaps when it comes to, to health uh, and health uh, inequity here, not just in Boston, across the country, but you know, like in my neighborhood and where I live, there's a 30 year gap from one zip code to uh, the next zip code in terms of life expectancy. And that shouldn't be uh, in a city as great as Boston with the resources that we have here uh, in our city. And so, uh, we have what we need uh, in Boston to uh, really create this stronger, more equitable, just, resilient uh, city for all of us. And so I'm just grateful that I get to lead as mayor uh, and bring stakeholders together to tackle these challenges together. You mentioned only having two days in the last few months, but <laughs> when you do get real off days, how do you spend them? Um, so I haven't had a lot of off days. Uh, I've only had the two. So my birthday was one. My birthday was in May. And I just fiercely, fiercely protected that day. Um, and <laughs> my, my inside City Hall staff will tell you, my campaign staff yeah. will tell you, like, nope, I'm not going to do it. It's my Nothing. birthday. Um, and then the second day was like 4th of July. It wasn't quite a full day, but I had uh, responsibilities that morning. And then again, later that evening, but the midday, like I just, I kept that uh, to myself. Um, I try to kind of uh, find that joy and, and create that joy wherever I can. 
and and do the things that I need to do to try to you know uh, rejuvenate myself even while working. For example, uh, this weekend was just a great weekend. I was at the Lawn on D for Boston While Black. Mm-hmm. I got to swing double dutch and and just enjoy you know tap into my 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 inner child and think yeah. back to you know what it was like growing up you know, in Roxbury and in the South End where kids played games mm-hmm. outside on the stoop or outside in the street. Like kids, What's that? <laughs> exactly. Kids do video games now, yeah. you know. So I was able to do that. I, you know, was able to I help spray paint a mural uh, from the iconic uh, Shepherd Fairy who did the Obama Hope poster mm-hmm. that we all know. And he was doing a mural at the New England Aquarium. Uh, so that was, you know, great and a lot of fun. I uh, was on the the mound down at, at Fenway Park for a Red Sox-Yankee game with Belle Biv DeVoe. So, you know, that was a great time. Um, and, you know, those times kind of help because so much of the work is is very difficult work. There are a lot of challenges, as I've, I've mentioned, a lot of issues that we um, are, are working on to bring our city forward. Uh, and And so... You know, if I have a moment to 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 play double dutch, you know, you know, on the lawn on D with some amazing folks at a family reunion, you know, that's that's great. Were you there? Did you go get to go? I was supposed to when my family was visiting, so I did not get a chance. It was great. Yes. Sheena Collier uh, put that together and just the Boston Wall Black Group, yes. Yes, they she did an amazing job. It was great. All of the folks who pulled it together, really good. I plan on making it to the next one. (laughs) Absolutely. Random question, but what is one song that's been heavy on your playlist recently? Um, Well, I uh, am very, so I'm an old school girl at heart, but I like a lot of the new music too. Um, So in terms of old school, been listening to um, Lovely Day. That's like my campaign theme. Uh, Bill Withers, Love Him. Uh, sorry to see him transition uh, not too long ago. Um, I've been tapping into Kirk Franklin uh, yes. and the Georgia Mass Choir, Joy in particular, uh, mm-hmm. and seeing the actual video of him just masterfully. This is like when he, you know, first. In the 90s. Exactly. He was so young. <laughs> I mean, when I look back at this video, it's like, oh, my God, look how young he is. So little. <laughs> um, so I love that. I love really anything old school R&B, um, you know, love. Uh, even for me, old school was like 70s and 80s. But now yeah. I appreciate, too, the old school now is like the 90s. Yeah. You know, probably for folks like you. Yeah. So I love <laughs> all of that 90s R&B. But I like some, a lot of the, the newer music. Um, you know, I really like uh, music by Lizzo and okay. <laughs> um, Megan The Stallion. I like her work. Um, you know, Cardi. Um, a lot of these 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 women uh, artists who are out there, um, some of the the men as well. Like I'm a big fan of Luke James. Obviously, you know iconic folks like Erica Badu and Joe Scott. Yes. You know, love those folks. And I love music. Like I grew up in a time where music was always playing uh, in the house, uh, even more so, particularly my parents. Like they weren't the biggest TV watchers, especially my dad. And my yeah, parents were going. So right, record players. And I, you know, they let me play the records like as a kid. Yeah. Like I, exactly. 
Like I can't imagine like letting one of my grandkids come over here. I can play it with albums and a needle that scratches. But um, so I played like all my parents' 45s growing up, and it was just always music. And so I've always loved music. Um, so I don't know. I get a lot of inspiration from music and just really enjoy it. And it's multi-generational, which it's great that the versatility is there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mayor Kim Janey, for joining 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. And good luck with the rest of your campaign. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you found this episode to be not only informative, but hopefully entertaining, then please be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Write a review if you have the time. And finally, share this episode with a friend, preferably someone who lives in the Boston area and is voting for mayor in the fall. Finally, you can always watch the videos on nbt10boston.com slash 10 questions. Thank you so much for listening.